Everyone, welcome to the Simple Classroom Podcast. I am your host, Stephanie Sutherland, and I want to thank you for choosing to press play on this podcast episode today. I am so excited that you're here. Here at the Simple Classroom Podcast, I am very passionate about finding simple solutions to classroom problems. So every week we tackle another topic that plagues teachers and makes teaching a little bit more difficult, and we talk about ways to think about it or reframe that issue to try to simplify it for yourself. And today we're talking about classroom clutter, which I think there are seasons of teaching where we all fall prey to having our classroom be a little too cluttered, right? But as a general rule, teaching is a little bit less stressful and students learn a little bit more when a classroom is not cluttered and packed full of mess. If students don't have to go through you to get what they need because everything, all supplies are neatly organized, they're not in a big jumble in a cabinet somewhere, it saves you the time of having to solve student problems because they can solve their own problems. They know where to get that paper. They know where to replace their glue stick at. They know where to find their center work because everything is very neat and organized and within reach of your students. So a student-centered classroom, as a general rule, should not be cluttered because your students can't access what they need. If they have to wade through piles of papers to find exactly which paper they're supposed to do, doesn't serve them a lot of purpose, right? But also, if you are sifting through piles, has anyone ever been guilty of the pile of random paper on the floor next to your teacher table when you're teaching small groups where things just get stacked up throughout the week and you just keep dumping it in the same pile on the floor? That was always my thing. Maybe I'm the only one. But things would just end up on my teacher table, and it would be time for me to teach small groups, so I would put it in a pile, dump it on the floor, and tell myself I'd deal with it later, and then more things would pile up throughout the day, and I would stack it in a pile, put it on top of that pile on the floor, until I had this massive stack of papers on the floor that didn't have a home. (laughs) And then it would come the time where I would need something that I would think, oh, did I put it in that pile? And I would waste a bunch of time sifting through that pile, trying to find that thing that I'm pretty sure I already printed out, but I can't remember what I did with it. (sighs) It just exhausts me just talking about it. And it's so avoidable. I mean, being clutter-free is not difficult. Here at the Simple Classroom Podcast, in fact, I will never talk to you about something that I'm going to say, this is really, really hard to do, guys. Because if it's really, really hard to do, uh, I'm likely not going to do it because I'm all about simple and efficient. So if it's something that's going to, you're going to have to move heaven and earth to get this done and to clean out your room and keep it clutter free as time goes on. Uh, I'm just honestly probably not even going to suggest that you do it. I'm about easy and Maintaining a clutter-free classroom honestly is easy, but it involves a few different steps and a little bit of pre-planning to get there. So let's talk about them. So when we're talking about clearing out the clutter, the end of the year is the perfect time to do it because as you're packing things up, there's this very natural transition of as you're putting things away for next year, you can evaluate the things that are already in your cabinets, already on your shelves, and decide, is this worth keeping still? 
So as you are putting things away, the first thing I want you to do is I want you to ensure that everything has a place. Make sure that everything has a place that makes sense. If it's a material that students need to access, make sure that it has a place that's within reach of your students. If it's the kind of thing that you only use it for one unit a year, and you don't even need to access it until January, then maybe that's the kind of stuff that goes up higher in a higher cabinet or higher shelf or in a filing cabinet or something like that. But group things together by category in a way that makes sense to you and put them away in a way that makes them accessible for how often you need that thing and who's going to need it. If it's only you, if you are the only person who will ever access that set of... um, I don't know, that set of DVDs that are really just for the end of the year and you want to put them in a cabinet in a basket all together so you have all of your DVDs together, that can go in a higher cabinet. You're not going to need it all the time, but group them all together so you're not wasting time when you need one of those DVDs sifting through a bunch of cabinets, right? So the first step to maintaining any kind of clutter-free classroom is just make sure everything has a spot. Assign it a place and keep that place consistent with all of the other things that are similar to it so it's easy for you to find things. That alone makes your teaching life a little bit more efficient. If everything is grouped together by category and you keep it all in the same spot and it stays in that spot all the time, you cut back on the time that you waste looking for things by a significant amount. So Keep things together in a way that makes sense to you, makes sense in your brain, and be consistent with it. Every time you get a new pair of scissors or a new set of versatiles or a new math manipulative, always keep them in the same spot altogether. Now, once you've assigned all those things to all of those places, what do you do with that outlier stuff? The junk that's kind of like, oh, I used this once upon a time, but it's been a few years, and what if I use it again? Should I keep it? And listen, I understand this struggle. I do. Um, I am inherently more of this kind of person. Just in my core, I am the kind of person where it pains me a little bit to let go of something that I might need again one day because, oh, to have to rebuy something that I already owned two years ago but decided to get rid of feels like a huge waste of money. But if you are storing things in your classroom at the cost of not being able to store things that you actively need, then it's time to clear out the stuff that you don't use. So there are a few questions that you can ask yourself to decide if it's time to let go of something in your room. You're going through cabinets, it's the end of the year, you've decided that this one particular cabinet is the perfect place to store a basket of, let's say, writing mentor texts. You just want to group all of the picture books together that you use to teach writing mentor lessons, and you want to keep them in one basket so they're very easy for you to find, and you want to put them in this one particular cabinet so they don't get mixed up in the classroom library and get lost. Great. You open up that cabinet, and it's full of stuff, stuff that you have not touched in at least a year, if not longer. And now you are tasked with going through this cabinet and deciding what in there is worthy of keeping and what is worthy of letting go of. So let me talk you through what to ask yourself. First, for each individual item, I want you to ask yourself, when will I use this? If there is no definitive answer to that question, if nothing comes to your mind of, oh, well, we always do that craft and I really could use some spare watercolors, then maybe keep it. 
right? If you can instantly think, if it's an easy yes, if you look at it, you're going, oh, yes, I actually forgot I had this, but I will absolutely use this next year because I used some of these this year because I forgot about these. The things that are easy yeses, move them to the place in your room where they make sense. If you forgot about them because they were shoved in this cabinet you never opened, then move them together. If there's an old set of watercolors, move them with your other watercolors. Put them where you think that they should go. For the things that you pull out that you go, I don't know when I will ever use this again, then my gut says it's time to let it go, right? But I don't necessarily recommend that you throw things away just for the sake of throwing them away. If you pull it out and you can't think of a single time that you'll use this in the near future unless the standards change wildly or I don't know, there's some surprise experiment or activity that you don't know about that your team wants to do next year and you might need this bag of sand or I'm, I'm thinking of things that I have pulled out of cabinets randomly in my own classroom, um, and sand was one of them. If you can't think of a time you'll ever use it, the next thing I want you to ask yourself is, is this item easy and affordable to obtain if I decide that I need it again? So if it's something like soil, and three years ago, your grade level had a big planting unit, but they changed the standards, and you no longer plant anything in your classroom, and you don't need this soil, and it's honestly kind of dried out, And soil is very easy to ask a parent to grab for you or to pull school funds to buy for a particular unit that you're teaching. It's not that expensive to obtain again, and it's easy to find, that I'm going to say get rid of the soil, right? Just bless it and let it go. It served its purpose, but now it's just taking up space for no reason. If you pull something out of that cabinet that's valuable and would be expensive and difficult to get again if you decided that you needed it, but you know for certain you don't need it right now, I'm not going to say you should get rid of it. But what I am going to say is, is it serving any learning purpose to anyone in your building if it just sits there and collects dust? Probably not. So I'm going to give you a really personal example. My very last year in the classroom, this was 2019, I found in my cubby room, I was clearing things out at the end of the year, as one does, and I found this case of glass thermometers that had been sitting there all year. I had no idea it was there. I had moved into this classroom literally the week that students were starting, I think the day before kids started. I was hired in late, and the cubby room was full of stuff from many, many years prior to me that my classroom had actually been used as kind of a an overflow storage room. And then the population grew and they needed to add another teacher and they had to clear out that classroom to fit students in it. But the cubby room was still just floor to ceiling full of stuff. So there were literal decades of things for me to sift through. And when I moved into my classroom, as students were also coming the next day, I didn't have time. So it just kind of became one of those things that I had to navigate the classroom the school year with all this stuff in the cubby room that I didn't even know what was in there and what wasn't. So as we were approaching the end of the year, I'm sifting through it to kind of decide, is there anything in here of value? And I found this box of glass thermometers, a whole student set. And I knew that for my particular grade level and our particular standards, there was no time that really called for thermometers. There was nothing where we had to take the temperature of water. We weren't studying weather or temperature or states of matter even or anything that involved melting or freezing. So I didn't think that keeping those glass thermometers in that cubby room for another teacher to find and forget about would really use them to their potential. And it honestly would just take up space. So 
I decided to email out to our staff. I said, I found this nice box of glass thermometers, a whole class set. Is anybody in this building teaching anything that you might need thermometers in the future for? And sure enough, first grade did. Their entire weather unit and temperature unit and all of that, they had a bunch of science experiments that involved the kids taking the temperature of water, and they always needed more thermometers. And what ended up happening was the first grade teacher who came to my room to take the box set said, if they ever shuffle up the standards and second grade gets all of these weather and temperature standards again, we'll just pass the thermometers back to second grade. So it's not that I let go of the thermometers only to give them up forever, right? I gave them to the class that needed it so the students could use that supply now while they need it. And then in the future, if I ever needed thermometers again, I knew where to find them. I knew that first grade had them and we could just petition first grade for like, hey, now that you guys don't need this, could you pass all the thermometers our way? And I think if we're really thinking about the purpose of a school building and what we're trying to do to serve these students here, that collaborative effort with materials and resources should be the norm because that's what we're all trying to do. We're all trying to work together to help students have the best learning experience possible. And if I hoard a bunch of things in my room that I don't need now, but I might need them one day, not only am I taking up valuable real estate in my room that like it detracts from the stuff I have to store for what I'm teaching right now, but I'm also help, I'm preventing students in our building from experiencing that learning opportunity with that thing. It's just going to waste in a lot of different ways. So if the item is easy and affordable to obtain again and it's taken up space and you will not use it, I'm going to say it's time to get rid of it if it's like a consumable type thing like plastic cups or random paper that you'll never use or whatever the case may be. If it's a nice supply that you know costs some money, find the people who can use it. It doesn't even have to leave your school building. So that way, if you ever need it again, you can, right? You can, you know exactly where to get it. You know where you put it. You put it in that grade level. Now, the final way I think to clear out clutter for good is once you've determined that everything in your room is serving a purpose, and you've given everything a place, I want you to get your students involved. And I, oh, I would die on this hill, that a classroom is a collaborative learning environment, right? It's your classroom. You teach in that room, but your students learn in that room, and it is also theirs. And everything that passes through that room, although you may save it and reuse it for future students, It exists for the students. It's their stuff. It's what they use to learn. So your students should have a huge role in keeping your classroom neat and organized and tidy. And if they don't, if that entire job falls on your shoulders, I do believe you're doing too much. And you could pass off some of that responsibility to your students. And this is a twofold thing. There are two ways to do this. The first one is at the end of the year. As you're packing stuff up, Get your students involved with sanitizing things before they put them away, um, sorting through to find dried out markers or broken crayons so that you're not spending time doing that and you're not wasting time next year pulling out Expo markers to write with and then finding that the first five you pick up are totally dried out and never got thrown away. Go ahead and employ your students those last weeks of school to be wiping things down, sorting through things, organizing things by color or organizing books by genre or however you want to use them so that you can focus on the task of actually organizing what goes in the cabinets, 
grouping things together as you're packing them up by place that you want to keep it in, all of that good stuff. You can use the students to do the actual cleaning so that when you pull things out next year and you have this glorious cabinet full of community supplies and you're going, okay, I already have, as students bring in their supplies for this year, I already have a beautiful basket of glue sticks and highlighters and crayons by color and all of it shiny and new and clean because your students did all of that sorting for you before they left for the next for the summer. The other way to get students involved is at the end of every single day, carve out five minutes to have everybody do their class job at the end of the day and gear all of your class jobs towards resetting the classroom for tomorrow. So have a class job that's just solely focused on sharpening pencils and getting them ready for the next day. Have a class job that's focused on sweeping scrap paper and dust and debris off the floor. Have a class job that's focused on picking up markers and colored pencils off the floor and putting them back where they go. Um, Tidying up the library, recycling paper in the recycling bin, uh, sanitizing the doorknobs with Clorox wipes, wiping down the desks, stacking chairs, um, writing tomorrow's date on the board, all of that stuff. Uh, dusting the laptops and making sure they're all plugged in and charging or whatever technology you have in your room. Those are all things that students can be doing at the end of the day, as opposed to you waiting for the students to leave and you start doing it all. Or even worse, you leave and none of that stuff gets done and you either put extra burden on your custodial staff who can't get it all done either, or it just gets left and you come in tomorrow to a messy classroom and you start your day not fresh and organized and ready to go, right? You're scrambling at the beginning of the day to go, oh, none of the pencils are sharpened and the date's not on the board and I have all these things to do before I can begin my teaching day. It's a far better feeling to walk out of your room at the end of the day with all of those things done and the room totally reset. It's an even better feeling when the room was totally reset before your students even left. And during that time, When the kids are cleaning and resetting the room, that's where I was getting my teaching materials ready for the next day. So I was laying out morning work. I was making a to-do list of things I want to get done during planning the next day. I was looking over my whole group lesson for the morning and making sure I had all the materials. So once the students left, if I had something I needed to copy, I could do it. Um, But I wasn't spending my teaching time just picking up markers off the floor that I didn't put there or organizing the classroom library that I didn't mess up. I think it's very important that our students think of our classrooms as a shared environment and all of the learning and teaching goes better when everything is taken care of and picked up and and. There are less messes over time the more you ask the students to pick up after themselves. There just are. When they're the ones having to get down there and pick that stuff up every single afternoon, over time, they become more likely to just pick up that marker the first time they drop it. I will never understand what's go- what goes through a student's mind when they drop a marker or a marker falls off their desk as they're working or a crayon or whatever, and they just leave it. Or they're working with a piece of paper, they crumple it up to start over, it falls on the floor, and they just leave it. And we eliminate a lot of that by asking them to pick it up at the same time every day. Because it becomes habit. And we want to instill those habits so that we send people out into the world to pick up after themselves, right? It's all for the greater good. But in the meantime, it's for your sanity. Because your students are cleaning your room every day, and they're helping you clean at the end of the year. So, as a quick summary, guys, my Three things I think you should do to clear out the clutter and maintain it is first, give everything a spot. 
that makes sense to your brain and everything is grouped and organized in a way where the things your students need, they can reach. The things you need, you know where they are and everything is in its own special spot. Then as you're assigning those spots and you come across those things that are kind of ambiguous, I want you to ask yourself, will I ever use this again? If you will and it has a clear spot, put it in that spot. If you'll use it again and it doesn't have a clear spot, create a spot. If you don't think you'll use it again and it's very easy to obtain or very affordable to repurchase or ask a parent to grab it for you, go ahead and get rid of it. Just pass it on, trash it, whatever you need to do, whatever's the most responsible way to get rid of it. If it's an expensive, difficult item to obtain, but you know you don't need it, then don't disservice the other students in your building by hoarding it for no reason, right? Find someone who's currently teaching that standard or that skill and could use that item and pass it on. And then finally, get your students involved. The year-long maintenance of keeping a classroom neat and tidy is to get the students involved in helping you so it doesn't sit solely on your shoulders because you have enough to do. Now, I have two resources that can help with this that I will put in the show notes today. I have an end-of-year jobs cleanup system, um, and it has a list of suggested things that you can be doing as students are cleaning up, but it also comes with the job cards with step-by-step directions on how to complete each job to clean things and pack things in your classroom at the end of the year. And then I also have an end of day jobs system uh, that you can create and you can create a bulletin board around it or you can just assign students jobs with individual cards. They also include the step by step directions that students need to follow to complete each job. So both of those products will be linked in the show notes. If you're interested in just grabbing job cards that are ready to go, that you can just pass out to kids and be like, here, get started on a job. Help me clean. Then I have you covered. All right, guys, that's all. I would really appreciate if you subscribe to this podcast, if you found value in this episode, leave a review if you like. That helps my podcast be found by more listeners in other places. And please check back next week to hear the next episode of the Simple Classroom Podcast. Bye, everybody. Bye.